You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Just Ask Your Mom podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 things kids need to see in your marriage. Right. And as I've said before, um, we're not just raising children, you're raising little adults. So the things that you're modeling in your home are actually going to follow them throughout their life and be with them into adulthood. And you hope that those are good things, right? Right. And not only that, uh, you're tending your marriage so that when they're gone, you actually still like each other. Yeah, there is that. (laughs) (laughs) You actually still want to be together. So um, yeah, we made our own little list of 10 things we think your kids should see in your marriage. And I'm sure there's many, many more, but. Oh yeah, yeah. These are are just a top 10 fave of ours. And I'll start with number one, because we're known for this, (laughs) affection. Like gross them out with your affection toward one another. So I remember, Um, my mom and dad, uh, they started a business out of our home, three small children. You know, it was an office coffee service. So all the warehouse supplies were in our garage. I didn't know you could park in a garage actually, because we never (laughs) used it for cars. And when he would come home after work every single day, he he would walk into the kitchen and slap my mom on the butt and give her a kiss. And I know they're probably going to love me saying that, but it it was actually, it (laughs) was so cute. It was, yeah, it was, um, their time and it was understood. Like we left them alone to like, you know, have their time to debrief in the kitchen and just reconnect. And so that was a great example for me. And David and I just kind of carried that on, I guess. And, um, we just tried to show a lot of physical affection to one another, not only for our kids to feel secure, but just because it helps keep you connected. And there's different seasons of life where that's more fun than others. When I had little people crawling on me. Right, you don't really wanna be touched at the end of the day. No, it's like, get off me, stop touching me. But even then you have to be aware that you've gotta do some physical touch and affection. Right. Yeah. I remember my mom and dad too. Um, I think to this day, I love Frank Sinatra because that was their era and they would dance in the kitchen. Oh, I love Um, that. He he would do the same thing. They'd, you know, kiss and hug and all the good stuff. And um, I carried that on too. You're not necessarily, you know, my husband's not necessarily from a touchy feely family, right? but that's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be, you just do it your own way. And we did. So I was happy when the kids were like, gross, mom, dude, that's disgusting. Or they'll try to wedge their little way right in between you, you know, to get up in there and, and get some action too. But um, just, yeah, do it anyway. Yes. Get a room, whatever. <laughs> do it anyway. Definitely. They need to see it. Definitely. Yeah. Emma told me when she reached high school, we were known as the parents who make out in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Honestly, we the work kid- here is done. Yeah. We like kissed once. I'm like, kids, what, what are your parents doing? If one kiss constitutes making out in the kitchen. <laughs> right. Right. Like you need to up your game a little bit. So yeah, definitely show affection to yeah. one another. My, my husband, he loves physical touch. It's one of his top Um, love languages Mm -hmm. and so he found this study that said a 20 second hug every day like boosts your emotional you know um health and things like that and 20 seconds is a long time 
Yes, it is. <laughs> I, yes. My son used to give me hug therapy when I was being too prickly. And he's like, oh. mom, you need a 30 second hug. And oh. it was a long time. It's forever. <laughs> it is. But it's totally worth it. And um, I, I love highly that. recommend. Highly that's, recommend. A, that's so Ben. I love that. It is. <laughs> It All is. right. All right. Okay. Number two, Bonnie. Number two is praise each other um, to each other's faces, obviously, because a lot of people, women especially, well, both, both men and women need encouragement. They need encouraging words. They need affirmation. They need to know they have what it takes and they're doing a great job. Um, so do that to each other because each other needs it, but also do it in front of your kids. And so when mom comes out, to get in the car to go to church on Sunday morning. They need to hear, your mom looks awesome. Isn't she pretty? Look at her coming out here like that. Um, your kids need to hear you say, dad worked really hard for us today. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't he, he's the best leaf raker ever. Doesn't he make the best piles? <laughs> I mean, just something silly. It doesn't have to be a big you know, lecture series or whatever, but praise your spouse in front of your kids. Yeah, even if um, we're, you think, oh, words of affirmation, that's not really, you know, my thing. I don't care as much about that. I will say um, my birthday was recently, and my husband on social media said, will you, it's my wife's birthday. Will you write one thing you appreciate about her? I got to say, I want to print that out. <laughs> I, I Like all the, my friends and even acquaintances who said something nice about me, it was the most wonderful, blessed day. And I really, really appreciated it. And I thought, you know what? I am not above praise. I'm not above praise. Nobody none of us is. is. Right. Yeah, none of us is. And so I decided not only to print that out to encourage myself, I just need to do that more. Mm. I'm, I tend to be uh, the type of person that thinks when you do a job well done, like that's its own praise. Right. You should like, have done it that way anyway. <laughs> you should have right? done it that way anyway. But, um, but no, I need to articulate like what I appreciate. Mm. And so David's always been really, really good at that. And he's helped me, um, come along with the kids and then also with him. I mean, he just beams when I just say, thank you so much for working hard for our family. I appreciate your drive to do the best you can Mm -hmm. in your career. Um, or when he says the same thing about me. So, yeah, I think as parents, we are really great about doing that with our children. It Mm -hmm. sort of comes naturally with them. Good job, buddy. Mm -hmm. You know, nice Mm -hmm. try on the piano, whatever. But we don't so much because of what you said. We should have been doing the dishes anyway, right? (laughs) Can you not see what needs doing around here? Can you help me out? And it tends to come across um, critical because they're your team partner. You're not parenting them. You're partnering with them. Yes. But even a partner... I mean, this should be your friend. And you would say to a friend something very nice. Yes. So say to your spouse something very nice. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love it. Words of affection. And I know. I just thought of another thing David does for me a lot. He's really good at this. He'll just send me a text. Yeah. And say, hey, I'm thinking of you. And I just appreciate everything you do for our family. Like, that does not get old. Uh, <laughs> he, no. He sent that several times. And I like it every time. Yes. So, um, yes. That's just another another way that you can encourage each other and build each other up. Absolutely. All right, number three. Your being husband and wife is not just a dad or a mom. You need to go on dates without your children. Mm-hmm. Date each other. Yes. I cannot say this enough. We've mentioned this in another podcast, uh-huh. but you have to invest in your relationship while you're raising kids. Right. Well, even before you're raising kids. We're yes. starting right now with a, a newly married group of young young folks with no children yet and we've already said um start that now it seems like when you're a newlywed like every night can be date night and it can because you're totally free you're freer than you will probably ever be until 
Say it again. Say it again for those young people listening. Yes, you're gonna you have so much more free time and you can go to whatever movie you want. You can stay up as late as you want, generally. So but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't make routines and habits part of your fabric now because when kids come, you're gonna forget all about it. But if it was something that you were already doing, Tuesday night was always your night, then you can keep that going a lot easier than if you'd never started it in the first place. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, every young mom I talk to, um, every one of them is like, I, I would love more dates. I would mm. love to have more regular dates. And, and is so, that a lot of money? No, it's not a lot of money. I've said before, David and I had to be super creative. We could pay a sitter or we could... Um, have family keep our kids and go somewhere so pay a sitter and like you know do something free but getting out of the house um, and just going and sitting somewhere was really nice and refreshing and even sometimes we didn't get out of the house we just put the kids to bed fed them an early dinner put them to bed we had our dinner later and just had a date at home you just make it work right Uh, you just make it work however you can but give it as much intentional respect as you would a work meeting Uh, you know work obligations you know schedule it in and it's not negotiable one young family I know does this really well they every Monday night is their date night it's it's there every single Monday night and they're a busy family with four children they both need it good for them I I know I'm so proud of them it fills your tank Mm -hmm. everything else in the world is draining your tank and you need that filled yes with each other yes so So my personal recommendation is once a week some people are like oh that's so much you married each other because you like to be together. Like once a week does not seem like a lot to me. Right. It seems like a minimal investment, 52 nights a year to invest in your marriage. And I would go further and say, in addition to a date night, um, and it's harder when you're younger, I understand that when you're newlyweds, but um, save, save, save as much as you can so that... You can intentionally get a weekend mm-hmm. sometime, maybe once a quarter if that's all you can manage, but you need a weekend away with just the two of you. Mm-hmm. Leave the kids at home, leave the kids with grandma. I mean, it's not like you're laying the papers down, you know, and <laughs> leaving some food out. <laughs> like, manage the care for them, yes. but um, take some time off and get away without them. And they might put up a fuss, they might scream and cry, they might, but you're doing it because you love them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately they're seeing that. They're mm-hmm. seeing, this is not just mom and dad, this is a husband and wife. They are they have a different relationship from me and they love each other. Mm-hmm. And Such I feel security. secure. Yes. Oh. Such security there. Yeah. When they would fuss, if we would leave, even just for a date night, and we would just say, hey, we do this because we love you. We're leaving you because we love <laughs> That's you. That's right. <laughs> You want us to be okay. So. Right. And were they psychologically damaged when you got no, back? They seem pretty good right now. Yeah, they're good. They're sure good. They, like they, they they're 23 it. and 20 and they seem pretty um, even. And okay. And your kids are both married mm-hmm. and I have one that is also, and they all, they are already doing that. They're already, we need a weekend away. We need to just go away with just us mm-hmm. and, you know, have some special time together. Yes, absolutely. If you can, if you can afford that. Schedule it. In. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Absolutely. All right. Next one, Bonnie. Okay. Um, so model service. I'm a big fan of, um, we look inward as families a lot, um, which we should to grow and take care of each other. But we also need to look outward. Um, so you need to model service with your kids. So that might look like um, maybe you're taking meals to families who are sick, who have new babies in the home. Maybe you're doing some meals on wheels or um, 
I don't know, any manner of things, doing a service project yeah, outside. Yard work for an elderly family. We yeah. did that with our kids when they were like early elementary, even mm-hmm. they can, they're not super helpful with the rake, but you put a rake in their hands and it's, fun. it's yeah, it's fun. It's, and we did it with other young families as well. Um, our church had days that we would do things like that. But then also, um, we had one time were attending a small church in North Carolina and it's more like a family when you have just a small church and it's right. like, you know, somebody needs help. Let's all go over and pitch in right uh, we also had um, I wanted it to be uh, kind of tangible that not every kid is like them not every kid has the opportunities they have so we um, decided to take on two kids in Haiti a mm. boy for our boy and yep. a girl for our girl yep. and we had their pictures up we got new pictures every year and we would pray for them we would send care packages to them um, and it just kind of became part of the fabric of our family in that way as well but yeah food we we loved cooking food and taking it compassion taking it to people yeah Uh, compassion kids there's all kinds of ways to do your service not just around the holidays although there's a bunch then too but um just model that for Mm -hmm. your kids um this is who we are as a family we love each other and we love other people Yes. Yeah. Like uh, and call ahead because I called some nonprofits and said, hey, I have kids this age. Can I bring them with me? And, you know, actually one said no. But Mm -hmm. then another one said, oh, yeah, come and do it. So like a food distribution, a local ministry that does like a monthly food distribution. Yeah, they could grab a grocery cart and help the clients go through and choose their their food to take home it was a great experience right. if you're for going our on a walk in the neighborhood you take a trash bag with you yes you know pick up stuff on the trails just because it's the right yes. thing to do and we great do it idea. for other people great idea we didn't so. do that when i wish we had that's a great idea so there you go all, all right. right so the next one is they need to see your personal commitments to your faith your church your small group but also how god works in your life so mm-hmm. you need to be explicit with this i mean children are very concrete and so um, you need to, you have your own personal private prayers, yes, but then you also need to involve them. For us, that looked like we would read a biography of a Christian hero from the past um, for, say, like George Mueller. And it was astounding, the things that he did in faith for the Lord. And so it kind of challenged us, like, hey, let's, like, pray to God that he would use us in a way that seems bigger than what we could do on our own. And Mm -hmm. so those kids in Haiti that we had, you could build a house for them. In Haiti, you can't buy the land. You can only rent it for like a hundred (laughs) years. It's so weird. (laughs) But, um, but you, but you could build a structure on it. And I think it was like for $4,000, you could build a, like a concrete block home with a roof and you could put bunk beds and beds in there and they had local suppliers and it was way more money than we could um, afford to give away at that season of our lives and so we just prayed we just said hey let's pray and um, we feel like this is in line with the heart of God for the world and so surely he'll enable us to do that well would you know like we got all kinds of little odd jobs Hmm. that we could do together we even got to do um you know those focus groups where you go and like check like the is the new advertising so like one was for belk and they were rebranding oh, and they right. were like yes, hey yeah. do you like our new brand how do you feel about that mm-hmm. but guess what one was dunkin donuts <laughs> and we got we got paid like 50 dollars a piece to go taste like five new flavors of donuts are you kidding no god is so good and creative like it was big fun big fun job? and so um 
so anyway, that was super, that was a super tangible way for our kids to see. And really, honestly, I think it was, I journaled it and I didn't look at it before this episode. I think it was between August and December, $4,000. Wow. So that was a fun way to kind of model, hey, we're really trying to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. In terms of. Yeah, exactly. Um, She's just staring at me kind of wide-eyed. That's why there was a pause. That's that's quite the story. That's pretty cool. Um, Right. So one of the things, one of our family rituals, um, once the kids were old enough to, you know, have a a legitimate conversation, at the end of our day at dinner, we would always do highs and lows. (gasps) I I got this idea from you, Bonnie. This is a great idea. It was not like a super deep conversation necessarily, but um, for the kids who tend to be negative, it's good for them because they have to come up with something positive. Just one high in your day and one low in your day. And all of us did it. So that was great because they could see mom and dad, you know, have ups and downs too. They're actually real people apart from me that have bad times and good times in their day. And then you get to know um, the kids too and kind of what's happening in their day. What's going on in their heads and hearts yeah. too. What was sad and, yeah. what, and they might not have said anything to you about it, but you get mm-hmm. a little bit of a window there. But after a while we started adding, and how has God spoken to you today? Mm. And that was just as good for me as it was for them because I wasn't necessarily used to thinking in those terms. Um, just kind of coast yes. through your day and yeah. do what you do. And mm-hmm. eh. um, maybe God was there, maybe he wasn't. But when you know you have to answer that question at the end of the day, you really start looking at your day in a different way. And I liked how that sort of shifted all of us, all of our focus into, you know, maybe he's maybe he was present when I was talking to my friend at the lunch table and maybe he was present when I was Mm -hmm. having trouble with that math test. And I just loved how that changed our conversation. I love that. And, and even the most reluctant kids, because I had one that was an open book and one that, you know, really wasn't at all. And you kind of had to be intentional to get, get out what was going on in his head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was gold. And yeah, as soon as I heard you were doing that, I was like, oh yeah. And it's a great tool. I've used it in other like group settings. So when I've had a group of young students who were kind of all super shy and they didn't want to talk, mm-hmm. the highs and lows it opens the door. Everybody can say something good and something bad right. that happened in their last the last week yeah. when we met. And so, yeah, that's a, that is a wonderful takeaway. Kind of a good icebreaker. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one is speaking kindly and with respect to each other. <laughs> You think this yes. would come naturally? Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, <laughs> some of us have shorter tempers than others. Some of us, um, you know, it doesn't take much for the fuse to go off. Um, sarcasm is just kind of another <laughs> service I offer. So um, sometimes that was a hard one for me. Um, it goes along with that words of affirmation at the beginning. Yes. Because every time you say something critical... You have to say at least five positive things to make up for that. That critical thing will stick. I know it does for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to speak kindly um, to your spouse, obviously, and then that reflects to your children that they should be speaking kindly to each other and to mom and dad. Um, it's just sort of a tone that you're setting. Yeah, I agree. Um, we we went through seasons, you know, we, we love to tease and joke around and sometimes mm. that kind of got out of... Mm-hmm. got out of hand and we had to ban like certain words like goober or something that's just totally benign usually right. just to bring the that tone down a little bit and and use like encouraging encouraging words um and yeah you're right I, we don't always hear ourselves uh right <laughs> you know the way yes. we perceive ourselves is not always accurate mm-hmm. and um 
my husband would sometimes say like, Hey, is everything okay? <laughs> um, your tone is like a little, little rough there. Or, um, I found a cassette tape when, uh, when my daughter was little and I heard my voice when I played it back, I heard my voice and I, I didn't sound so good. Mm-hmm. And it was a real, like I, it was a real gut check for me. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was watching the kids play or I passed by the bedroom door and was watching them play, you know, house or some little thing mm-hmm. with, with, um, Polly pockets or something probably is what it was. And the conversation that the little people were having, the little dolls were having was totally a reflection of the conversation oh, no. I'd been having earlier and it was not happy. It didn't give me warm, fuzzy feelings. So yeah, little checks like that, that, you know, you think they're not listening. Mm-hmm. They are hearing oh, every word. It's so humbling, isn't it? <laughs> oh, they're hearing every word. Well, and also during disagreements. So, um, we were blessed our that next. both of our parents modeled, um, appropriate conflict resolution. So there was no yelling mm-hmm. in either of our homes of origin. So when we came into our marriage, there was just, it wasn't by any, I don't think natural virtue of our own. It was what we were modeling, what we'd seen, but a lot of kids have to undo that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as we come into our marriages, we've, we've seen a lot of yelling when conflict arises. I know uh, one young college student um, we've had in our home didn't really understand what was going on when David and I were disagreeing, but we kept our voices low. <laughs> she she didn't know how to read the emotions in the room. Hmm. And so she said, like, over time, she, she said, you know, I didn't realize that you could have an argument or a disagreement and not raise your voice. Because you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. You only know what you've seen. That's right. So give your kids the gift of keeping your voices down. And if it's a big, serious um, argument, we would just table it for behind closed doors. Right. Um, big, serious disagreement. Um, well, it's normal to disagree. That's, uh, that's yeah. actually one of our points. It's normal to disagree. You're going to have fights. So, um, yeah, fight fair. Mm-hmm. Fight kindly. I, I don't want to even call it fighting, really. Just, just more of a disagreement. Mm-hmm. More of a... Um, mm-hmm. Think of your spouse as your friend. Yes. <laughs> and so the way you fight I, with your, yeah, somebody that you actually love is going to be different. So what words would we avoid? We would avoid you always. Yes, you never. You never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolute statements. And um, like repeating back what you've heard is also very helpful because sometimes you're not hearing. Right. Um, fully what the other person is saying. It's so easy for men and women to miss the mm-hmm. mark mm-hmm. and assume what you're saying is not what you're saying at all. Mm-hmm. Miscommunication is so mm-hmm. easy, especially when your, you know, emotions are high. So be careful about that. But I wouldn't necessarily hide it from, no, we never hid it from our kids because that's no. part of life. You need to, yeah, you you're need to disagree. model that. Yeah. I remember one time, um, so it's, it's important to each spouse that you take an interest in the thing, there's things they're interested in. And so David is a big gun guy. He he teaches um, self-defense courses, shooting the Tennessee um, concealed carry course for the state and that kind of thing. And he does it like one week, one Saturday a month, you know, it's a, it's a big part of his, who he is and what he likes to do. And he'd been asking me for like a year to, to go with him, to take the class and then to go shooting with him. I had just been putting him off. I was like, I don't want to give my whole Saturday up for that. And instead of 
like getting really angry or resentful, he just came to me and said, you know what? It really hurts my feelings that you're not taking an interest in the things I'm interested in. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was like a knife a to the heart. Yeah. Different thing there, <laughs> and yeah. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? Like I, I was not like being loving or respectful of you in that way. And I went and did it. And, and it doesn't have to be all the time, but sometimes. And mm-hmm. so anyway, just voicing what you need. Yes. Asking. People Asking are not mind readers. for what you need. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, I would also say that um, sometimes we would be in a disagreement and it would be something pretty serious in our, you know, maybe finances or something that was not going to get resolved right away. Um, so the kids would, might see us disagree about something or this issue that was coming up. Um, then they'd go to bed, a couple of days would pass, whatever, and that was never resolved. They never saw it resolve. Um, Ooh, good and point. somebody, it wasn't us, but I shamelessly steal from wherever <laughs> I can. Another couple that we have talked to since then says um, that they deliberately, the next day, will come in the kitchen, even if they're faking it, mm-hmm. to do like a fake resolution, like a role playing of the resolution so that their kids can see mom and dad did work this out. Like we're not still mad it. with each other. We're not still because kids are concrete mm-hmm. and they need to see, I mean, as far as we know, they're still living with that tension of, oh no, everything's not right. And right. something's going on. So right. just role play it. Ah, I love that. That's a great idea. We did one. not do that. Remember we made mistakes, yeah. I, yeah. learn lessons. <laughs> so yeah, I would recommend doing that. That sounds great. All right. The number seven is to have separate interests. Continue being who you were before you were married. Keep your friendships, um, you know, still be a sister, still be a daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I see this with young couples, you know, cause our kids are in that stage of life. It's a tricky transition. So some of their single friends feel dumped. Yeah. Because they're trying to figure out how to manage that, the new time commitments to this person mm-hmm. they've pledged their lives to and still right. hang out with friends. Right. It is tough. Um, but like anything else, you have to be intentional about it mm-hmm. and schedule it in. I, I think that um, it's important for married couples, not on every level, but on some level to be mind mates in addition to being soulmates. So um, it's kind of like doing that outside service maybe go learn something together. Maybe go mm-hmm. take a cooking class or, or if you can't afford it, watch Rachel Ray and try to duplicate it in the kitchen yeah. together. Yeah. Something that you can both do together. Um, last, I don't know, about six years ago, I guess I decided I just want to learn how to do beekeeping. So I did. I went to class one weekend and learned beekeeping. So now we have beehives, which we do together. But it was mm-hmm. initially my interest and something that we did, which he was completely supportive of, like the shooting yes yes so um encourage your spouse to learn and grow in different ways and participate in that with them yeah absolutely in different seasons of life this will look differently yes um it can sometimes be focused on your young children so you're both going to go coach you know your child's team you know soccer team or little league team um but just be like you said our mantra be intentional figure Mm -hmm. out how you can make that Uh, happen this season of life is very exciting in that way like I just can tell you if you're raising children you know this is gonna be fun (laughs) like there's you can go learn different things do different things David did that for me took me to a sushi making class Mm. it was so fun it was an absolute blast because he knows how much I love to 
to cook. Right. And so, but he did it with me. Yeah. Well, you could plan that into your date nights or mm-hmm. your, I mean, kill two birds with one stone mm-hmm. here, date nights or on your, your weekends away. Go do the thing that you both are interested in doing or go mm-hmm. explore, you know, let's try some different coffee or something something fun in a different place yeah I love that that's fun I love that all right I think we actually did number eight which was how to disagree but um so we did we kind of wrapped it in didn't um number nine would be apologize yes and ask forgiveness and give forgiveness (laughs) can we say it again (laughs) apologize and ask for forgiveness this is so hard for some people for some personalities it's just you wouldn't think it would be but it is Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's hard for me, and David is great at it. Like, in the early married years, Mm -hmm. I think he instigated every apology when we had kind of gotten into a fight. I'm kind of ashamed of myself thinking of that. He was really good at just saying, hey, let's clear clear the air here. And so I learned from him. And then in the parenting class we did, they kind of walked us through like a proper apology which is not just I'm sorry no and you, where you hold all the power mm-hmm. you have to say um, I'm sorry for and name the thing <laughs> which is not fun even at 50 no. that is not fun and then um say will you please forgive me mm-hmm. that gives them the power do you know when I adopted this like I've had some a- people actually not like they would they didn't say no not not my husband but I tried to use this in friendships as well and family relationships and extended family. And like, it was just silence. Yeah. They don't have to forgive you. That's they the do thing. not. Yep. That was their prerogative. Yeah. So, uh, so I highly recommend there's a, there's a book. Oh, I, I'm now I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it, it does just walk you through this process of repentance, forgiveness, and restoration. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful thing when it's done, but I think too often as women, we hold a lot more power in the relationship than maybe we give ourselves credit for mm. because our husbands just really want to make you happy. So a lot of times they are the ones that are going to bend and come, you know, but don't make them come and grovel for your forgiveness. Don't make them beg. Don't make them, you know, you were right, honey. Don't be that manipulative, mm-hmm. the manipulative one who demands that every time. Absolutely. Yuck. You're the one. Who, you mess up too. You're would, not perfect either. Who would want to, yeah, who would always want to feel like they're in that situation, right. being jerked around like that? It doesn't make for winning friends and influencing people. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and we've said this, I mean, obviously you do this with your children as well. I've said, mm. we, you know, you do it in friendships. Yes. Um, it just clears the air. I cannot tell you what a gift you're giving yourself and others by walking through this. Right. And um, my goodness, the the title of this episode was 10 Things Kids Need to See in Your Marriage. Absolutely. If they can see mom and dad modeling mm-hmm. this to one another, then how much easier is it going to be to do something to your sibling and be able to ask forgiveness for the sibling? Mm-hmm. It's just something we do in our mm-hmm. family. It's something that's natural. You know, it takes yes, practice. It does. It does. And it gets, it gets better. David and I had a disagreement just the other day. And... I found myself like, I did not want to apologize. And in like, so one side of my head is like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And the other side of my head is like, you know, you need to walk through repentance, forgiveness, and restoration. You need to initiate. And why, I mean, my stubborn, stubborn heart does not want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like saying I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Me and- either. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, sister. So, Me yeah. Either. So, That's tough. You just, you got to be relentless about that one. Don't, don't let up on that. Yeah. 
And then, oh, I love this last one. Mm-hmm. The number 10, how can I help? Um, I loved it when David, um, when he, he was getting ready to leave for the day, he would just turn to me and say, okay, now what can I do for you today? That is awesome. <laughs> I have noticed your husband doing that too. And that <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I, um, He's just, can you tell he's more emotionally aware than I am? Yeah. <laughs> Every example, he comes out looking like the hero. But um, I, I've i learned that from him. Like, to, I, I didn't realize as a young mom as much um, until I went out into the workforce, for, workforce when my kids were teenagers, how much weight men carry. Even if both of you are working, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's something about men. They carry a lot of weight of responsibility for the people in their lives if they're good men. And I didn't realize, like, he needed me to say that. He needed me to say, like, here, I'm here for you. What can I do to help you? Yeah. Um, it, even if there's not really much you can do, just asking. Just to ask. Mm-hmm. Right. That's enough. Some, when, when Bob would ask me that, too, um, you know, you're having company over and you're trying to get, you know, dinner for 12 on the table with Thanksgiving or whatever, just to have him in the kitchen. Hey, is there anything I can do? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mm-hmm. just need to do it all and I know where everything is and it's, you know, Thanks, but no, but thank you. I just need somebody to know that I'm in here doing this and you're on my side. Yeah. David does that. We love to entertain. We, we have people over all the time and we, you know, you learn things about each other and you kind of hit a rhythm mm-hmm. after you do this over time. He doesn't have to ask me now when we have people over, we have our roles. He, what can I do to help? He knows he's the table setter, the dishwasher, mm-hmm. you know, get, getting all the things staged and I'm the cook generally and it's just this great it's fun to entertain it's compliment well I'm going to add that as number 11 which we don't even have on our top 10 list okay let's do it hospitality Mm -hmm. what a great practice that is others centered Mm -hmm. it's something wonderful to model to your kids that our home is not just our home our home is for other people to come into and enjoy too I will say Renee and her husband David are the best hosts they're so hospitable they have people over all the time um and just have such a warm home. I mean, they're just very welcoming. I think anybody that knows them would well, say thank that. Thank you. Um, so that's takes practice too. Yes, it does. It does. You have to um, put aside your perfectionism mm-hmm. and say, you know, the house is as clean as it's going to be. But what we really want is community and fellowship. And come on over, watch the game. Maybe not in 2020, but right. hey, we're, we're <laughs> pulling the curtain aside on that for a right. while. We'll get there. Right. We will. We will. And not to make this like a sloppy, icky love fest, but I learned it from you. Oh. Because when we were young moms, y'all had us into your home. It was every other Tuesday for a small group. And yeah, you kept it simple. You'd have a pan of brownies and we, your house wasn't perfect. We, it was very like, we felt like we could come in and hang out there yeah. and not mess stuff up. And it was super comfortable. And you, yeah, you just modeled like, hey, I, to make this sustainable, I can't, it cannot be right. perfect. Like we're doing community. We're doing life together. And it was like an every other week thing for like 12 years. Yeah. So and I've gotten it. It's great for people to be comfortable and feel like it's, your, it's their house too. And I actually say those words at this new group that we're starting to host. Once I say, once you've been here once, now it's your house. So mm-hmm. you need a glass or what? I'm not serving you. You you know, here's the water. Here's all the stuff. Yes. Feel free. Whatever is here is yours too. And just mm-hmm. help yourself and get it. And it's it's awesome. It's like this immediate, oh, okay. I don't have to mind my P's and Q's yes. and worry about, you know, putting my feet on the coffee table. It's, we're all good. Yes. And it's, it's, it's super fun now, you know, that we don't have children at home. We have a lot of 
bandwidth to do that yeah. and we do it a lot but even when our kids were home it is great like you said it takes the focus off just your nuclear family yeah. and kind of opens your home into the bigger wider world uh, we don't do that enough in our society i don't do think do it more y'all just do it keep it simple there's so many people that move in from elsewhere who don't have yes immediate friends and family readily available be that person absolutely it's it's so beautiful and and with all the young moms that you and I talked to, you realize like how many came from homes that had like a lot of stress mm. in them and were not maybe the greatest places to be. And if your home is a happy home, if you're kind of cultivating this place of welcome, like my my place, my home is a place where people can land and feel yeah safe, safe. and loved. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely leverage that and invite people in. Yeah, yeah goes a long way so uh, there you go yeah easy top peasy. 11 top 11 things <laughs> that kids need to see yeah. in your marriage so that's the end of this episode and we want to say thanks to our production manager Cheyenne Avila our technical and social media administrator Savannah Cunningham and our graphic designer Emma Goodwin and if you want to find us you can find summaries of each one of these podcasts on justaskyourmom.com our website on Facebook, you can follow us for our posts on Just Ask Your Mom. And on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. Yeah. So we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, Ask Your, Your Mom. Mom.